You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, podcasting world. Uh, we're going to do Intercepted a little bit different this week. Uh, Arif Hassan had me on for uh, Daily Norseman's podcast, so he's actually going to be uh, interviewing me instead of the other way around. So uh, without further ado, this week's Intercepted. All right, we have an exclusive interview with uh, an NFL owner today. Uh, remarkable that we were able to do it. Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't uh, the Will family. It's someone engaged in shockingly less felonious but more scummy behavior, Justice Mosqueda, uh, and owner of the Green Bay Packers, a technically a nonprofit incorporated in Wisconsin that is taxed like a for-profit but releases taxes like a nonprofit. Um, how does it feel to be capital and suppress labor? Look, I don't know any of the things that you just said. I will say I am not paying one thirty second of whatever Cronky settlement with the city of St. Louis is going to be. I mean, it sounds I, I like you that. are. I mean, it sounds like it's coming out of your pocket. I, I won't be doing it. Come, come and get it. Come and take it. Are you gonna Are you gonna take on the city of St. Louis as well? No, they just got to find me. It's like uh, traffic, it's like traffic tickets and parking tickets. Like, okay, sure. sure. Find me. Come find me. All right. So, Justice, you're currently in Portland, Oregon, right? Yeah. Right this very second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at, at the moment. You're <laughs> Do you have eyes on me? It's crazy. <laughs> All right. So uh, what, what, do, what are the benefits of this uh, very fungible, non-transferable token get you? So I got it so I could put NFL owner in uh, my Twitter bio. And uh, I, I, I put I also put NFL owner in my Twitter bio and it didn't cost me three hundred dollars. Wow. Well, I have a piece of paper that I can hang behind me when I'm doing videos for hashtag content. Yeah, and my I needed stuff works. to put on I the can window. just print it. Well, look, that was it. I knew what the exchange was. I gave them <laughs> the money. They gave me the piece of paper. No one was was a. Uh, yeah, no one was hoodwinked in this. I don't think that I have a, a controlling share of the Green Bay Packers organization, but I have the damn piece of paper, and you can't take it away from me, and I get right, to call myself okay, an so, owner. So the ownership doesn't confer you any benefits. It doesn't move you up the season ticket line. It doesn't give you any extra perks. You don't receive any dividend of the shares. I can get into a part of the You get a once-a-year ownership meeting. Right? No, I can okay. go into the Packers shop into an area where they sell the exact same stuff. How many times have you Packers been to Lambo? Zero times. I have okay. not been yet. I was supposed to go <laughs> two times this summer, and SB Nation did not approve my travel fast enough. I was going to go for uh, family. When did night you submit your travel, dude? Months ahead of time, yeah, buddy. What I, BS? No, no, no. You can ask Gina. You know Gina. You can talk to Gina. I was supposed to go to the damn Jets 
uh, joint practice. They hit me up on the Wednesday of that joint practice and they said, maybe we'll preview for travel. And I was like, what? And that was, I, I went like a month ahead. I was a late ad. So I'm not even going to blame him for that. But look, there was an effort so, okay, on so my end late. to get to Lambeau Field twice this summer. So like in, the, in, the, in the grand narrative history of Justice Mosqueda, you were once again late. No, I was early. I thought you I was early. You just said you were late. You said you were late. I was a late hire. I got added post draft. Get your story straight. I was ready to go before the draft. And they were like, let's hold on. Let's wait. Let's onboard you until after the draft. I said, okay, that's fine with me. And then Rogers watch started. And I tried to get to Lambeau. They wouldn't let me. That's it. That's my story. I'm That's sticking your story. with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you, you, the only benefit that you can tangibly get from this is that you can go to just like one corner of the Packers official store in a city you've never visited in your life. That's absolutely right. But okay. we'll visit in my life, and I will be so, going okay, to Door so County because what they, is they the difference between an NFT? And well, actually, uh, NFTs are transferable. This isn't, this, actually, isn't, so. this isn't bad for the environment, and we're not using it for money laundering. Bang. Well, I, okay, I'm actually pretty concerned about that second question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. We're not using it for money laundering yet. 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 Okay. Uh, I. It is probably not as bad for the environment. Yeah, I mean, you can plant new trees, but that, I mean, that's nothing not... is good for the environment. This podcast isn't good for the environment. So. <laughs> Well, it's definitely not good for like the football environment. That's for sure. Um, all right. So now you get grouped in the ownership class, which means that you support the owners during lockouts. And so you're no, on, you're on Manfred's side. You're on Manfred's side when he said that a lockout is good, but a strike is bad, right? Like uh, Robert yeah, Manfred. What the, what, the hell was <laughs> what the hell was that quote? He was like, yeah, strike is different than if there's a strike and you miss yeah, game. An off-season kind of lockout that moves the process forward is different than a labor dispute that costs games. Well, then pay the players, bud. I don't know. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what this is about. I don't know if you realize Yeah, this is extremely uh, finding a way to say the quiet part loud without even saying the quiet part. That's impressive. Yeah, but to, to that's you now. No, I don't. I don't care about the owner. Look, Wait, your, I got a funny your, piece of paper. I have a funny piece, piece of, paper of paper. Pays Roger Goodell's salary. Well, I don't like that. Okay, cool. I don't Great. like that. So that's that's what you opted into. <laughs> that's the system you bought into. Um, Justice Mosqueda famously against player empowerment. Let's talk about the Packers. So Aaron Rodgers could miss this game, maybe. But not for the reasons we thought he might have been able to miss this game a week ago. Before it was because uh, he is even less of a of a of a courageous take your stance and uh, and plant your flag person than even Kirk Cousins. He's got less of a spine than Kirk Cousins uh, and uh, approach the vaccine issue from the opposite direction. Like Kirk Cousins is like, I have blind faith. I don't really want to think about the science behind it too much. And and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers was like, I'll think about the science, but in the wrong way. I'm a free thinker. He's Kanye. Um, so that if he's not, he could miss this game, but then I'm also hearing he also has missed every practice since the 22nd. What's going on? What's his, what's um, Lucas tell? He did not practice, participate the last two practices. Yeah, every practice since the first, I believe, but they've also had wonky situations. So like, the way to think about it is the week seven game was Arizona Thursday night football. Um, that week was already weird. And then Devonte Adams got COVID. It ended up 
pushing uh, practices to like basically virtual meetings that week. Um, then obviously there was the COVID and then the toe issue. So he, for the better Is part, the toe issue new. The toe issue was a surprise. The toe to- issue must have happened um, at some point during his uh, COVID recovery. Um, because he wasn't on uh, the injury report for a toe issue before then. Uh, Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk tried to grill him and get him to answer questions about the toe. He was not budging. Uh, the reporters uh, in person in Green Bay um, tried to get him to talk about the toe. He was not budging. So this is a mystery toe injury. Um, he did say yesterday that he is definitely going to play on Sunday, and it's just like a how he feels type of thing. Do we, know, so, do we know which toe? Is it plant foot toe or is it drag foot toe? You know what? We actually don't know which toe. I don't think that's, um, that's pretty important, right? It's a mystery toe injury. I'm telling you, it, it, no one wants the, the big story in green Bay, you know, this whole year has been, yeah, so toe. yeah, so no it's one's not, talking about know, anything else like, other than the toe. So it could, it could be on either leg and it could be any toe. It could be like the pinky toe. You would think so. How important is the pinky toe? Cause like in your hands, right? Like your bottom fingers are actually like a lot more important than your top fingers. Like 80% of your grip strength comes from your bottom two fingers, your, your ring finger and your pinky. So I don't know. I don't. Like, I think in terms of uh, throwing mechanics, I think your big toe matters the most, and then successively goes down. So the pinky toe might matter the least, actually, in this case. Got, let's chop off your big toe and see. Let's uh, let's do science. Yeah, I, a lot of people have had their big toe chopped <laughs> off. That science has already been done. All right, fine. You win. All right, uh, eugenics scientist Justice Mosqueda on Aaron Rodgers. Eugenics. We don't know which toe. I didn't. Um, cool. So. Uh, what? Why has the? Why has Rodgers' performance has been so weird this year? Because he's had insanely good games and he's had some like really big fart clunkers. Yeah, they have been on this like training wheels offense. I would say a lot more than they ever have with Rodgers. Um, I think it's just like the structure of the league now. You know, the league is getting out of single high looks. They're getting into more two high looks. That in and of itself is going to lead to more quick game and runs um, and like play action shots uh, just by the nature of like how the sport is played. So Rodgers is kind of almost played through like three life cycles of defenses in the NFL. Like he came into the league. It was a two high league. Then it transitioned to a single high league. Now it's transitioning back to a two high league. So I think it's more of a product of that. Like, you you look at the stat, look at the analysis of quarterbacks, like good quarterbacks across the league, and everyone's saying like, "Oh, our quarterback is individually being impacted by too high defenses. Teams yeah, are getting into we, too we high." We saw that with Russell Wilson down. two years ago. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes now. Yes, um, uh, Josh Allen. Like Josh, every, every yeah. single one of these yeah. guys. Like it's just an answer. Like teams defensively, what they're telling you on the field. I just broke down the. Uh, Packers defensive performance against the Seahawks where they uh, goose egg Russell Wilson with Coach Vass. I don't know if you know Coach Vass. Um, uh, Coach Vass is fantastic, and I'm he's happy he's healthy. Yep. Um, I broke down defense with him on his YouTube page for about three hours, that whole Seahawks game. We watched every single snap and broke it down. Excruciating. Um, the, the overwhelming evidence is that defenses are basically telling, telling – uh, both quarterbacks, you know, the offensive staff, fans, etc., that they don't really care about stopping the run anymore, and they are just proactively trying to stop the passing game. And that's the league that we're in. And I think that's why you're seeing a dip in explosive plays. You're seeing a dip in passing efficiency, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is exempt from that. The other thing, too, is the deep speed stuff, like Marcus Valdez-Scantling, um, 
you know, obviously being out for a while, he was their like only deep threat really um, kind of impacted that. And then everyone is just double covering Devante. So you don't have a deep shot threat and everyone's double, co- double covering or shading or rotating coverage to Devante. And there's not a lot of other guys who can get open. So, so what is Rogers doing well in his fantastic games then? Or teams like, it's just is it like with the Raiders refusing to play cover two against Mahomes or what's happening? No, um, I think it's just like the variance of play action shots and like when you can get on the same page with guys. And again, like Rogers had a couple of plays against Seattle that were weird. You got to remember that game. Um, there was snow. Seattle early. has like the worst pass defense late. in the league. I That game is weird, man. Yeah, that, that game was odd. Um, there were plays that you can tell ball placement was the issue. Like he had some deep shots to like Lazard and stuff like that, that usually he completes. Um, if you watch the field goal attempt that Mason Crosby missed, which was not an operation issue, which was nice or operation or protection issue is just a kicker missing a ball um, because of the wind. Uh, that was a, a new way for the Packers to miss a field goal this year, which is kind of nice to see on the relative scale of missing field goals. Um, the wind impacted it. I think the wind was an actual factor in the game. Roger said as much like he was unable to judge if, uh, the wind was behind him or in front of him, basically, because of the way the stadium is structured. So I think that was just kind of like a weather game to a certain extent. And, you know, he hasn't really had a normal practice week since Washington. And that was like week seven, I think. So I don't know. It's just a weird situation for the team to be in. It's nice to see them actually be able to lean on a run game and a defense, though. I mean, that's a, a new one for me as a Packers fan. Well, Packers they don't have Aaron sorry. Jones. So, uh, yeah, but AJ Dillon's the GOAT. So, yeah, we'll see about that. AJ Dillon's a better uh, back. Okay. He's we're going to investigate 100. that question in a second when we get to running backs. I got a couple more quarterbacks questions because that's, that's a fascinating take to tease into. Um, okay. So, does that mean that the differences between quarterbacks are flattening and therefore the importance of the quarterback is diminishing ever so slightly? Um,. The quarterback no, is still obviously the most important position, but like I think quarterbacks, it's more about being more well-rounded than having kind of the flash plays, okay. if that makes any sense. Like, I think this league is better built for a quarterback. Like, I mean, even so with, a, these a def- with these defenses, you're saying you need quarterbacks that can hit singles as well as home runs. Yes, a hundred percent. And yeah. that's been one of the big issues with Patrick Mahomes beyond uh, Travis Kelsey, not looking like himself and being treated like a receiver instead of a tight end. Yeah. Cool. Uh, is the is next year's Packers quarterback going to be fully vaccinated? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think Aaron's <laughs> going to get vaccinated because for whatever reason, he's like, yeah, I think it's going to sterilize you. So I don't know how you change his mind on that. Like, so so Rogers is going to stay is what you're saying? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get a control where he goes next year. Well, he I, thought the, whole, the I thought the whole deal with the renegotiation of the contract was that he does. Well, was so that misreported. Do we get fake news media by it? So the fake news media reported that. And then they asked Rogers in his opening presser when he returned to the Green Bay Packers, if he can change uh, or he, he can decide where he's going to play next year. And he said, I don't think that's the understanding. So. All right. Justice. Moscato he's still under contract. Calling hardworking journalists, the Lugan presser. That's good to hear. I don't let's know. Let's talk that about means. running backs. All right, let's talk about running backs. What What do you mean that Aaron Jones is like the touchdown leader among running backs for whatever time span you want to use? He always gets tons of touchdowns. He's got a great uh, efficiency for a running back. What do you mean that AJ Dillon is a better running back? He's a better. Watch the film. Quadzilla is a better running okay, back. You got. You have to describe with your words on He's a. He's a better inside runner. 
He's a better inside runner. He's better with the ball in his hand. Um, is he's, it just because he's got more power? Because Aaron Jones is not yes. lacking in power. Uh, I don't know. Like if you're talking, like if you just break down the backs into like three trait bins, which is like passing game contribution, inside run, outside run. I think okay. the weakest trait between either of those two backs. So like six traits combined between those two backs. The worst trait of them is Aaron Jones inside run. Like I think AJ Dillon can do sure. everything Aaron Jones can do. He's a little bit less explosive on the edge. Um, but in terms of having him as an every down back, I, I think if AJ Dillon got hurt, it would change a whole lot more in the Packers playbook than with Aaron Jones out for whatever that's worth. I mean, the Packers playbook wasn't using AJ Dillon all that much. He has the, what was it? He is. Yeah. He had 21 second. carries against Seattle, but like, he yeah, but he, he has the, the second before. most, he has the second most carries for any back that hasn't started a game in the league yet. Like okay. this season. Uh, but I mean, like, like all the, the all most, the all the committee backs back have accidentally committee. started games. Like I like I don't that's like what I mean. Kareem Hunt has started games. Alexander, but that's Madison why you're like games. Seattle. Like he had carries against Seattle. Well, it's because Aaron Jones. That's the, that's the only game where he had uh, more than twenty carries. He's only had four games above ten carries. He this gets year. touches. I'll, I'm gonna pull up the snap counts right now. Look. Okay, so okay, so he gets snaps but not carries. Is that what you're telling me? No, both, but he, he also He's is part of the game plan. He gets snaps but not carries. Oh, enough, enough. <laughs> Enough. He's played 230 snaps. What does that tell me? He, he plays a lot. He played more than he's played more game or more snaps than uh, Marcus Valdez Scanling. He's a good player. I promise. You'll see. You'll see okay. on Sunday. But he, he also like he also gets special team snaps. He's got like you know like at least ten special teams. He's on. Snaps he's on. He's on punt team. He's on punt protection. Yeah. So if you tell me he has 230 snaps and he's like eight of those snaps on special teams, like no, he, I, those he, are he, offensive snaps, buddy. Pro Football Reference splits those out. <laughs> Listen, shouts to Pro Football Reference. <laughs> All right, so can AJ Dillon catch the ball? Yes, he is in fact most people. So yeah, AJ Dillon can catch the ball, and he's a very large man. He's two hundred and forty-seven pounds. All right, so who's a better receiver, CJ Ham or AJ Dillon? Do you see <laughs> the Vikings? See Ham the, the Vikings fans with CJ Ham is funny. I'm actually happy you guys have CJ Ham. CJ Ham is a fun player. AJ Dillon is a better player. <laughs> I'm taking AJ okay. I, I'm not going to actually contest that one. <laughs> that one's fair. I'm happy you guys have CJ. Ham- like having a fun fullback is fun. Who who's who's the most fun f- to trying. you? Not to Packers fans. To you, who's the most fun fullback the He's Packers trying. have had? Oh, uh, Henderson, William Henderson. Wow. Okay. I so, guess like Kuhn. I get Kuhn was kind of a fan favorite. Kuhn was funny because it was like every playoff game, he's getting one goal line touch somehow, which is, it's a good reoccurring bit, but Wait, William Henderson nice was bit. probably yeah. better. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, Henderson was like a mid-round draft pick fullback, right? Like That was when like, yeah, that was when like two back was huge. And it was like, you're, that was when like the NFL was throwing to fullbacks more than tailbacks. You know what I mean? It was like Larry Centers. Larry Centers. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Receptions. And you're like, what? What was this league? <laughs> All right. And then um, the Packers also have. Uh, uh, is he just a return? Patrick Taylor? What is he doing? Yeah. So Patrick Taylor came off of the practice squad. He was kind of an interesting guy. So he was. He's actually kind of like a somewhat of a redemption story. Like Patrick Taylor was part of that three-back rotation at uh, Memphis, was actually given like a, 
like a mid-round grade his junior year, um, probably could have gone into the draft, got hurt. Um, basically, they messed up his foot, and then uh, McKenzie, Dr. McKenzie in Green Bay, fixed his foot. So he essentially set, spent a redshirt year in Green Bay last season, didn't practice until December, um, never made it up from the 53, finally made it up from the 53. Um, he is a very talented player. He was very talented in college. It was just always like, a, hey, man, this dude probably isn't going to play for a year, which is why he ended up going undrafted. And, you know, big running backs with foot injuries, there's a ton of history yeah, there of them fair, not yeah. lasting very long. But he's like a 6'2" two twenty uh running back who can contribute in the passing game as much as in the run game. Um so there are pretty high hopes for Taylor. Um I think he's pretty he's pretty close to Dylan in terms of like skill set. I wouldn't say he's necessarily there in terms of like pure talent and especially as a pass catcher. But um when Taylor is in the game, he's not a marked man. I will say though, this is kind of the game where Green Bay's running back depth is gonna be uh, tested a little bit because Taylor obviously got his first carries last week. Kylan Hill, Kylan their draft pick. Yep, yeah. he went on IR. Aaron Jones is almost certainly not going to play. The team has talked about him like he's not going to play, um, even though that hasn't been officially ruled. And then uh, Ryquel Armstead, who missed all of last season due to COVID issues, where he went to the um, hospital like three times. He right? went, yeah, he went to the hospital multiple times. He's on the practice squad. He was protected. Um, he's probably going to move up. Uh, they're going to announce it on like Saturday or something like that. And he's probably going to be the not third Kareth back. White? No, Kareth White just got into town. They've worked him out this week and then signed him to the practice squad. So right. they, they protected Raquel Armstead. I'm I'm sure that he's actually yeah, going to get into the game. Meaningful, yeah. Uh, and then third round pick, Josiah DeGuara. Gets yelled at a lot. Dude gets yelled at a lot. He's not a, he's not a fullback, though. He's a tight end. He's a full-blown tight end for the team. Okay. Um, He is... An interesting guy. You're going to see him lined up off of the ball a lot, and then he's going to work across the formation. So, like, when he comes into the game, that's when they're running, like, counter and stuff like like that. Yes, 100%. That's exactly how to think about him. But he doesn't actually line up as, like, a fullback or anything. He's more of, like, I guess what you would call, like, a move tight end, but he's not, like, a matchup tight end if those things mean anything. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings have always had one of those, like David Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so long as we're talking about tight ends, is Jordan Love the quarterback of the future? Wow. Are you saying he has a tight end? Well, I don't I don't get it. Um, Jordan Love, I think the team put him in a really bad spot. Did you watch the Kansas City game? Uh, no, I refused to. Okay, that's fair. Um, imagine the Kansas City Chiefs and Spagnolo with, you know, all of his play calls. He doesn't have very good players, but he does have decent uh, play calls against a rookie quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they try to pressure him in all sorts of ways. And Jordan Love was basically asked, hey, complete a shot play so that they get out of these pressure looks. And they simply were not able to complete a shot play. And it wasn't until... That's all probably, he did, though, in college. Yeah, it's different against NFL players, Arif. I don't, really? <laughs> I don't uh, know if you know that. But, uh, you saying Mount- Utah State didn't have the schedule to... Yeah, the, the Mountain West Conference is a little bit different than the Kansas City Chiefs who have been to back-to-back Super Bowls. So <laughs> that's what I've been told. Um, but yeah, basically, they were hoping that he would complete a shot play and get him out of those defenses for probably the first two and a half quarters. Um, it wasn't until probably midway through the third quarter when they drove down the field with like RPOs, they were going to zone runs, they were uh, running quick game, and that was a whole lot better. Um, the coaching staff took ownership afterwards, and Love also took ownership of not being able to complete deep shots. So I think that's kind of like 
a good learning experience. I guess it was just kind of torturous to watch and realize the coaching staff say like, oh, this was a bad game plan. And we kind of hung ourselves out to dry, which was kind of the case in week one against the New Orleans Saints, too. So. Well, I mean, the before the game, the uh, Lafleur was asked, like, is he ready to start? And he was like, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, man, it's not a normal week. Yeah. None of this stuff was normal. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I just, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine. But what they it must covered. Be like to but they have covered. A team deal with COVID issues uh, during the season. That must suck. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> All right, so the Packers have long had issues in fielding like talent at tight end in terms of receiving. Um, but now, like, but they discovered Bob Tanyan, but now he's not going to be available, right? Yes. So That's it's like, what, Mercedes deal. Lewis, who is still in the league? Yeah, so like Mercedes is a Y. Like, he's a true Y. Um, they use him more as a run blocker than anything. Josiah is yeah. kind of their pass catcher, but. It seems like him and Rodgers, in terms of communication, are often uh, not on the same page, which leads to Rodgers tearing him a new asshole. Um, Deguara? Yes, Deguara. And then Dominic Daphne is like, he's kind of like mini Mercedes Lewis. It's kind of funny to watch. Like, he's just a smaller blocking tight end. Um, He's very fun. He actually went to the same school as Robert Tanyan, both Indiana (laughs) State products. Like, there's like four players who have ever gotten snaps in the NFL from Indiana State, and two of them are in the tight ends room for the Green Bay Packers. It's very odd. Um, but Dominic Daphne's kind of been battling with injuries all season. So really, it's like the Lewis and DeGuara show, in my opinion. Uh, Tyler Davis, who was picked off uh, the Colts practice squad earlier in the season, gets in for a couple snaps, but he's mostly a special teamer. The two guys that you're going to want to look out for are Lewis and DeGuara, unless Daphne for sure can play, and then he's just kind of like a smaller version of Lewis, basically. All right. Uh, if you could pick any player in the NFL to play an offensive line position, but you have no idea which offensive line position it is, is Elton Jenkins in your top five for that like pick? I think so. I mean, Zach Martin would be up there too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Zach Martin, sure. uh, what's his name? Scherf from yeah, Washington yep. is another one. But yeah, Elton's Elton's doing a great job. I mean, you look at the PFF stats and stuff, and they'll tell you, you know, he's a top ten left tackle, and you know, theoretically, he's playing out of position. Maybe when Bakhtiari returns, he plays right tackle. But Bakhtiari hasn't played the last or hasn't practiced the last three practices, I believe. Um, this mm-hmm. was a player that a lot of people hoped that would return at the very least by the Arizona Cardinals game, and some people had hopes that he would start the the season off of the PUP list, which obviously didn't happen so the the uh recovery for his acl hasn't been as quick as some hoped but it's still an acl injury and he is still a human um so we'll see how that kind of develops as the as the uh, season moves along but the uh big hold the packers have on the offensive line is actually royce newman who's their fourth round pick Mm -hmm. um he's a rookie uh he does not deal with slants stunts blitzes uh moving across his face very well he does very well you know big on big type of situations one-on-one but once another guy gets in the mix you could kind of see his head spin a little bit i am kind of surprised how well lucas patrick has stepped up at center um obviously josh myers their second round pick uh went down at center early on in the season um john runyon came off of the bench to play left guard he did pretty well joshua nyman uh did some good reps as basically like a practice squad level player wait nyman uh, really 
Yeah, playing left tackle. La Tech. He's dancing wow. bear, buddy. He's gonna wow. get some money as a swing tackle. I'm very I'm very all happy right. for him. I'm very happy for him. No, me too. Solid. I liked him. Okay, that's cool. Uh Billy Turner is probably playing his best ball of his career right yeah, now. Yeah, I was okay. At, so at I was right gonna tackle. ask about Billy Turner being good at football somehow. How's that how's that happening? He's developed, man. He's Aaron Rodgers just brings everyone up. You just got to get some chemistry with the guy. Keep the vets in. But yeah, Royce Newman is kind of the the marked man. And you could see it against Kansas City. Like Kansas City was like, we're going to make this guy's life hell. So so you expect the Vikings just run a bunch of games at Newman? Not a lot of teams have actually done that this season, but it has shown on tape throughout the year. Like before the Kansas City Chiefs game, everyone who's like watched these Packers play has known Newman is kind of the marked man. Just no one's been able to kind of like adequately go at him kansas city like committed to it so i don't know zimmer gives out a ton of pressures i would assume that zimmer would be you know slobbering chomping at the bit to to get after newman but i guess we'll find out what is uh what is dennis kelly's role on the team then uh he so he was that's a weird situation and a very interesting one so he was brought in people thought that maybe he would start at right tackle he got early reps in camp at right tackle because he was kind of that like mid-summer signing in the same way like Devondre Campbell was in terms of like a vet coming in for like cheap. Yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised that he was floating out there for so long. Yeah, because he started started for Tennessee last year. Um, He's he's been battling with a back injury. Um, It was notable that like Nyman started over him at left tackle um, and and above John Runyon, who also had experience at at the tackle position. Um, But Dennis Kelly's role is basically like right tackle number two. And he's been battling with a back injury for most of the season. So he like hasn't even gotten in on offense. He's only gotten a couple special teams plays. He's often inactive because of that injury. Um, healthy now, but yeah, it hasn't been a great year for Dennis when he could have been in line for, for some money, you would think. Yeah, well, you know what Stoner says. He never had a bad back. No one's well, ever had no a bad back. No one used to have a bad back. That, yeah. Your phrasing of it makes no sense as a as a No one has a bad back. <laughs> No one, no one, not one person. No one has a bad bag. Eric Stoner, 2014 or something. Uh, <laughs> how, did, how did you screw that? Okay, anyway. Um, so we're, are we going to see Alan Lazard at receiver? Yeah, he's banged up right now. I mean, that that's the wide receiver stuff is weird because Devontae, MVS, Lazard, and Malik Taylor, who's like their their punt gunner, yeah. he's like an important special teams player for him, have all shown up on the injury list. Oh, I forgot Echo name is St. Brown, so throw his name in there too. So that's a ton of names at wide receiver. Um, Devontae came back today. But yeah, it's a little concerning when you have, uh, what is it, seven receivers on the roster and five surprisingly showed up on the injury report in the first How two days. How is Randall Cobb the healthiest guy? I don't know. And Randall Cobb was second in snaps uh, at wide receiver for the team That's last week. Nuts. And uh, Rogers was, in the that front was a surprise. Office. Well, it, it was a surprise. Randall Cobb has been wide receiver four for the vast majority of the season. The only time he outsnapped uh, his pace last week was when um, all three of those wide receivers were hurt yeah. against the Arizona Cardinals. So Cobb kind of jumping them in terms of the rotation last week was a big surprise. Like that was, there's probably like three notable things in terms of uh, the snap counts. And that was one of them. Do you expect that to continue or do you think that they'll, I mean, if the guys are banged up, yeah. And the other, the other thing too, that has been proposed by uh, Packers fans and it's more of a theory than like anyone actually stating it. Packers conspiracies. Let's go. It's not even Packers conspiracies. It's just Rogers hasn't had normal practices. So like 
dude is coming off of not normal practices. He's had a lot of reps with Randall Cobb. It makes sense that Randall Cobb would be getting more snaps, you know? Yeah, I guess. So no Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers is a bust. Uh, look, there's a theory floating out there. This is oh, actual God. Packers conspiracy theory. Okay. <laughs> look, okay. There's a, the actual Packers conspiracy theory. Someone said, hey, drop a dumbbell on Rodgers' toe and let's put him on IR. And they dropped the they dropped the dumbbell on the wrong Rodgers. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. Look, listen. Amari is gonna be back there. He's gonna have two punt two punt returns at least in this game. <laughs> he's very he's very frustrating. Sometimes he'll fair catch it when he has like 20 yards of space. Sometimes he'll catch it when there's a guy in his face. He'll muff punts. He's a very frustrating punt returner to watch. Yeah, so he's Mike Hughes. I refuse. I refuse to know what Mike Hughes looks like as a return man. Well, okay. It's is that all he is for you? Guys? He doesn't play defense anymore. Well, Mike Hughes isn't on the Vikings, and he plays for Kansas City. They traded him to Kansas City, uh, oh, and uh, he he played Week One, got an interception. Everyone's like, "Wow, the Vikings really screwed that one up." And then he couldn't crack. That he just got fewer and fewer snaps as the season went on. And is now only their punt returner, and he's already, I believe, muffed two punts for Kansas City. So um, he's doing exactly what he did with the Vikings. Um, I believe in his opening week uh, for the Vikings, he got a pick six. So it's, it's yeah, it's exactly the same. Um, cool. Uh, anything else we should know about Packers pass catchers? Uh, no, as long as you know, like, they have so many big bodies at wide receiver that they – use them in different ways. Like you're going to see them motion down Alan Lazard, et cetera, to like tight end or wing positions when you guys get into nickel and they're just going to try to run it down your throat. Cause they essentially they're, they're wide receivers are built like Robert Tunyon. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's kind of how well, they I, I operate. remember when Alan Lazard was coming out, I, I advocated that he actually just come out as a tight end. So that's, that's perfect. He hates that by the way. Um, oh, I'm sure AJ Dillon's done the same thing where he lined up at fullback for one snap. With like him and uh, Aaron Jones in the backfield in a short yard situation, they gave it to him on a fullback dive, and uh, I was on a show with him where we were talking to him about that, and he was like, "Let's be very clear: never call me a fullback, <laughs> never ever look, call me a fullback." So yeah, look, those they guys pay take halfbacks. It's all exactly. <laughs> which is why Elton Jenkins, uh, Elton Jenkins, eventually is going to play tackle, and he's going to make a lot of money playing tackle. Yeah, it's like the Orlando Brown thing: the left tackle, right tackle. All right, before we switch to defense, uh, we had a listener ask, is Matt LaFleur a good coach? I think he's a really good coach. I think he rides a hot hand. Um, he calls plays based off of what the personnel on the field can do. He adjusts very quickly. He'll give Rodgers just enough leash to like, hey, this is your your drive to call shot plays. And then he'll pull the reins back immediately and just go into like his RPO zone, play action boot uh, type of offense if it doesn't work the next drive. So. I, I actually really like Matt LaFleur as a head coach. He also has kind of been the bomb squad. Like that's kind of like how I explain like Mike Tomlin, where like all the other like the non-football things that he's had to navigate. LaFleur's right there up there with them, uh, I think. So I think he's a pretty good coach. I'm very happy he's in Green Bay. Uh, I think Bill Belichick needs to win like 300 consecutive football games to match Matt LaFleur's win percentage. So I'm very happy with him. Uh, all right. Uh, so the defense. as a Packers owner. Right. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so the defense. Uh, big questions to small questions. Big questions. Who is playing cornerback? Also, 
what happened in week four that made the Packers defense suddenly good from week four to week 10 versus week one to week three. And uh, what, why do the Packers keep on fielding these linebackers from the university of Minnesota? What, what the hell is up with that? <laughs> those are the, okay. those are the big questions. Okay. Corner. Um, Eric Stokes is a full-time starter at this point. Kevin King is still kind of like on a pitch count with that shoulder injury. So Russell Douglas outsnapped him two to one uh, outside corner. Is the shoulder injury the only reason? Kevin has actually played probably his best three or four games in his Packers history in the last three or four games. So I- I'm with you, man. I've been as critical of Kevin King as anyone. I promise you. You could find my tweets on Twitter.com and they were accurate at the time, but Kevin is playing better ball than Kevin has played before. So yeah, what happened to uh to always write sometimes early? This sounds like uh write once, often late. Like I don't This was this is this is right both times. Things have changed. What is it? <laughs> okay. Material changes. What was that like uh NBA tweeter who's like, actually I got this right, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> That's right. There were material changes. <laughs> Uh, Chandon Sullivan is the full-time slot player, by the way. They kind of divorce the slot and outside corner positions uh, in a way that is kind of rarely seen in the NFL, I would say. Um, but very much like Chandon is the slot. Okay. So so Eric Stokes, uh, I feel like his first couple of weeks he was playing well, and then he seems lost now, which is in contraposition to the entire rest of the Packers defense, which seems much more in position. Uh, but they seemed lost early. Uh, he's solid. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take him. Um, a lot of his stuff is like makeup speed, honestly. Like, yeah, he, he's, he's got a lot more like Sammy Shields in him than Jair Alexander. I'll say that for sure. Um, there's often times that he'll lose on a nine route and then just come back into the play and end up with a pass breakup. And you're like, how the hell did he make that play? And it's like, yeah, the dude runs a four two. Like, <laughs> yeah, he can do things that other people can't, and he can I recover actually, on balls that other people can't. I went to his draft scout page, can. and I was surprised they listed him as a four three one because I, I thought he was just a four two five guy. Yeah, he's he's nuts, and you know, forty times are always weird for guys yeah. who don't line up in three point positions. So, fair enough. So, Roswell Douglas, Kevin King switching off because of apparently a Kevin King shoulder injury. How's that battery working then? Because you said Kevin King has played well the past uh, three or four games. When it's Douglas in there. Are they all right? Yeah, Douglas has been doing good. And, uh, you know, he had that big game against Arizona. Um, so to put it into perspective, uh, King got hurt against the Bengals, which was like his first like really good game um, this season. Uh, he got hurt with a shoulder injury immediately because someone tried to uh, hurdle him and they failed to hurdle him and his shoulder took the brunt of that failure. Um, Shouldn't have gotten so- in the way. Don't always have to take a charge, Kevin. <laughs> So Russell Douglas came in to replace him as a starter. Uh, He ended that Arizona Cardinals game who, you know, he was in Cardinals camp this summer and picked Mm -hmm. it off in Cardinals end zone and then like flexed at the crowd while Cardinals fans were just demoralized. Um, I strongly approve. That's a good. Yeah, it was great. It was a great moment in uh, Packers history. I'm happy (laughs) you as an owner uh, can appreciate it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, the, the corners are doing good. And honestly, like this is the best the secondary I think has played since probably that Super Bowl year um, just because like they had issues at safety uh, and then eventually those issues at safety were solved and then they had issues at corner. Um, the other guy that's going to play a lot. So obviously the starters are Savage and Amos at safety. Um, Henry Black gets in often as their like dime uh, backer uh, or not, not dime that? backer, 
But uh, Amos he's drops in there back. in dime. Yes, he's in yeah. there in dime. They play three safety dime. They don't bring in an extra slot back who would be uh, Shamar John Charles if uh, Channon Sullivan goes down. But that's kind of the only time that they use him. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Black will get into the game in their three safety dime looks. And Amos will probably play linebacker in those spots. So, okay. My impression of Darnell Savage is whenever I watch him, he is lights out good, like potentially top five safety good. And then when I don't watch him, it sounds like he's quiet as hell. Um, so I've only apparently watched his great games. Uh, what the, is the, the deal thing with, with the safeties? The thing with the safeties, the safety is such a hard position to evaluate, like with stats or flash plays, because if you're doing a good job, they're just not going to your area of the field at all. Yeah. It's their old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Savage has good ball skills. He has movement skills, like a, a man coverage cornerback, even at the NFL level, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's one of those guys who has like that Tyron Matthew upside, but he doesn't play in the slot or anything. So like, it's just hard for him to kind of flash that, especially when you're playing quarters. It's not like, they're yeah. a big uh, middle of the field safety type of team that he can show that range like an Earl Thomas was able to kind of like highlight on an every play basis, you know, so they got good safeties. They got good safeties. So so Adrian Amos, because I, I feel like maybe it's just because I've seen it in like Peter Bukowski's mentions or whatever, but I feel like Packers fans are not necessarily overjoyed with Adrian Amos. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, he's a boomstick. Like, he's okay. going to come down and hit people. Um, he does things like he's able to play linebacker in ways that, like, a lot of safeties aren't able to play consistently. Yeah. I mean, Mike Pettin gave him all those damn reps to, to play <laughs> dime linebacker, and now it's showing up. Um, he definitely is more of like their drop down guy, like Savage. I know on paper, Savage is like listed as like a strong safety. Um, he's kind of like their middle of the field player when they have that choice. So, Amos is kind of like the low hole. Uh, strong safety type of guy and he's more of like the matchup guy on tight ends for the most part so at linebackers why is Oren Burke still on the roster sounds like he doesn't know what he's looking at so he's not that bad anymore I think he's actually gotten better over the past year um the thing with him is they really try to protect him at the end of the day he's not a very big guy what you will see especially with Barry is Oren Burke's coming off of the edge like they'll turn him out as an edge rusher they it's do a, a much lot of better use of him. That makes sense. They and it's very weird that he's playing on the edge as a former college safety. I mean, but he is fast, and that's yeah. one of the big benefits of him. One thing that you'll see uh, with Green Bay, especially I think against Minnesota, you got to remember this Packers defense has just been coming off of just spread offense, spread offense, spread offense, spread offense from that Washington game on. Right? They got Washington, um, they got Arizona, they got Kansas City, and then Seattle couldn't go under center because of Russ's finger. Right. So they've basically seen four spread offenses in a row. Ideally, when this team is playing against heavy personnel, they do play a lot of like actual base defense and they match personnel pretty well in terms of like your your amount of wide receivers equals my amount of corners on the field, which was very different from Petten, who would just play like, hey, it's first and 10. It's PN 10. It doesn't matter the situation. We're running dime. Right. Um, they led the league in dime last year. They're, they're not doing that this year, uh, at least at the same clip. They played a ton of dime against Seattle, but I think that was more of a game plan thing. So what you'll see is they go into like this penny look in nickel, which is basically uh, three defensive tackles and only one inside linebacker. So think of like a bare front, if you can imagine that, but only one inside backer and you have a slot back on the field. They'll do that and they'll play Oren Burks uh, off of the edge. So that's something to watch. Yeah, that's weird as hell. It's very uh, odd. They they do a lot of unique things quietly in Green Bay, but it's not like they they don't get a ton of TFLs or anything in the run game. 
Uh, how long has Devontra Campbell been on the roster? I feel like he was like a pretty late acquisition. I think he was brought in in July, oh, okay. June. He was signed in June. Oh, okay. Um, so I remember when he was with the Falcons, I called him good Paul Warlow and Chuck got mad at me. Uh, is he that? He's better than that. He's legitimately playing at like a Pro Bowl. Le- like if you Pro Bowl you can, level, buddy, I might say Depoy. Like you can convince me. Like get, get I come on, dude. Man. They play this penny look and they make him play sideline to sideline, and he just eats defenses up or he eats offenses up. Like they're putting everything on his plate and he's making these plays. The one way you can hurt him a little bit is if you have a really athletic tight end and you run benders over the field. Sometimes he doesn't robot the crosser and you can kind of get him uh, to turn guys loose. Like we saw that against Kansas City with uh, Travis Kelsey, um, the Seattle Seahawks tight end uh, Gerald Everett led the team in receiving yards last week. Like you can kind of eat him up a little bit with tight ends, but in terms of the run game, like, dude, he is he is out there and he is putting up production. Now watch out for speed threat Tyler Conklin then. <laughs> oh no. Is he starting a tight end this week? Well, oh yeah, he's starting a tight end every week. Irv Smith's like dead. Rest in power. <laughs> Goodness. Oh uh, Christopher Herndon? You guys traded for Christopher Herndon, you're not playing him? Uh yeah, he was well, so he here's the thing. So the day they traded for Christopher Herndon, they also signed uh Ben Ellison off of waivers. Same day. So they got two tight ends on the same day. One they got off of waivers, one is a fourth round pick. I believe two weeks ago was the first week that Herndon outsnapped Ellison. Ellison is on IR. Uh oh. <laughs> so so Herndon has been uh so the I guess the thing about him is that uh he, uh, he has been uh he's learning the playbook, I guess is the way to put it. It's November. I, I don't know why Ellison well, I mean they they showed up, you know, like a week before the season. Um, I don't know why Ellison got to play in the first game and Herndon didn't. Maybe the where was Ellison? The Jets? No, that was Herndon. Where was Ellison? Uh, maybe the Jacksonville playbook is very similar to the Vikings playbook. Certainly, I would not impugn anyone's ability to pick up information or use any of the slander coming out of the organization as evidence that maybe some of that slander was correct. But it seems like Herndon uh, no longer has his fastball. And so if he's not a crazy athlete, uh, he has a little bit less to offer. But he did catch the first reception of last week's game. He used the his scripted drive, very first target, Christopher Herndon. Um, so you got you got to get the ball in your playmaker's hands, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, certainly you got to give it your most explosive. My favorite Christopher Herndon th- fact is <laughs> the Jets had so few players when they made their uniform change that Christopher Herndon yeah, was, yeah, he was that one of the Jets uniform yes. rollout. Like, well, they don't have anybody on that, on that calendar anymore. No, right? I think he was the, he was the last player. Herndon yeah. was the last player on that calendar. Cause it was like him, Jamal Adams, uh, Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold. It, it was bleak, man. It was bleak. That's amazing. Oh my God. Uh, the, <laughs> the deep jets lore. Um, all right. So, the pack so the Packers are like crazy good against the pass. They seem to be whatever against the run. That seems to be what a lot of teams are doing, but also specifically relative to the rest of the league, the Packers are a little bit below average against the run. Right? So I buy it. Why uh they don't get TFLs. They okay. literally went through like a month without any TFLs. Why? 
they just don't get the, the way that they play defense is so they do a lot of bare front stuff and penny stuff, which is like you're putting three defensive tackles on the field and you're putting them in interior alignment. So you're dissuading inside run, forcing balls outside and then just rallying to the ball. So like you can they're basically conceding like, yeah, you can at least get like three rushing yards per attempt if you like actually want it and want to execute it. And we're just going to rally to it and we're going to try to stop your quarterback. Like that's is, is this a waste football. of Kenny Clark's talents? No, because they're able to they're they're able to. So one, they've gotten him to play three technique a little bit more than the first couple weeks of the season, which was kind of, I think, one of their bigger issues. They play a lot more nickel stuff now, which gets him and Ken, and uh, Dean Lowry onto the field. And they're both plus pass rushers. So I think that's a way to use him. Um, they do let Kenny Clark kind of chase guys onto the edge on like blitzes and stunts like they had Kenny Clark uh, at time like Preston Smith would stab inside Kenny Clark you know, loops around outside and then he has to play contain on Russell Wilson and he was able to do it. So I think they're leaning into his strengths. It might not necessarily show up in production, but it does show up on tape. Yeah, I know. I have my IDP roster. I'm pissed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's he's fine. a no, he's a nose tackle, dude. You're not supposed to get production from a nose tackle. Yeah. But I mean, you did get production from a nose tackle last year. That's, that's all I'm saying. Well, um, we also got trap ran on us like a bad high school team. So, <laughs> Not the crap beaten uh, out of us by a team that ran power. Rashawn Gary, good question mark. He is looking good. He has one move. It is a bull rush. Um, you can beat him in terms of like him setting the edge on contain. Uh, he's a little undisciplined in that way. The fact that he might be braced up uh, with that with that elbow injury um, could probably change things. I guess that's something to kind of see. But he's limited in practice. We thought that he was going to be out a whole lot longer after seeing that replay on Sunday. So. I'm happy to have Rashawn Gary. Um, Preston Smith is doing a great job as like an edge setter. Um, he's more of like the edge setting run stopper who can like also drop in a coverage more than Rashawn Gary, who's almost like designated pass rusher. Um, the thing that hurts them is Merciless is on IR. Zadarius Smith is on IR. Um, who else is it? Chauncey Rivers is on IR. Randy Ramsey, who is getting outside and inside linebacker reps, is on IR. So they're down to Jonathan Garvin, and then they just brought up uh, Tipa Galea from the practice squad. Tipa is maybe 230 pounds, and he is definitely designated pass rusher. So they're, just in terms of bodies, very light at outside linebacker because that's where they've been hurt the most in terms of just cluster injuries, I guess. So, so this is a secondary-driven defense. Uh, the front two, a lot of it's by alignment too, but yeah, the secondary is playing out of their minds. This is the, I told you, this is the best secondary I've seen since the Super Bowl season. So, all right. So, uh, obviously we have to talk about special teams. Um, what happened to JK Scott? Why isn't he there? What's going on? Uh, he's not very good. He he was overrated. The analytics liked him too much. Bajorquez has a, the analytics has a boot. loved him. Yeah. Bajorquez has a boot. He's a lot better. So he's so not so Bills, good as a holder. They had a problem. They, yeah, they I was basically to the Bills let him go because he was a, an awful holder. Yeah. So Bohorquez, uh, there was operation issues, basically Steve Wardle. Um, so this is what happened, right? The pack, the Packers had pro- uh, protection issues in the kicking game. They semi fixed the protection issues, then made a switch at long semi. snapper. Yeah. I, okay. I describe it as semi fix. I'm not, I'm not sold that the protection issues are fixed. They made <laughs> okay. They made a switch at long snapper. Uh, they brought up Stephen Wardle, who had been protected on the practice squad. Wardle was in Rams camp with Bohorquez, and the whole thought was, yeah, we're going to make our kicking operation better. 
and then it did not get better. And then last week, it actually looked fine. But then the ball, the wind took a, a kick from Mason Crosby and made it a missed attempt. So, do you see? Do you see the uh, the interview Jay Feely did with Cover One on? Um, I did not on Bohorquez holding. Yeah, that makes sense because why would you have seen that? <laughs> but, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess Bohorquez is an awful holder, and the bad puncher that the Bills have is an amazing holder. Bohorquez uh, has a boot though. He he does a lot of weird stuff. Like he might have one of the biggest legs in the league. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I, no, for I, sure. I wouldn't be opposed no, his, to him. His punting stats are nuts. He might be like a legit Pro Bowl punter. Um, the the holding stuff definitely is weird, and sometimes you can't tell because like the long snapper is. The operation is just bad, dude. The operation's bad. So, like, when he puts it down and he's like, yeah, he made, I had it so Mason kicked the laces because if I spun the ball at all, he wouldn't have had time because he would have changed the timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, I, I believe you. I believe you. Let's just get it fixed. Um, but Mason Crosby, like, his numbers this year. They're bad, but they're not his fault. Like, okay, I, th- yeah. I think everyone feels bad for Mason because they're like, damn, they keep posing you. Yeah. Because, what was it, 2012, his numbers were awful, and I was like, why haven't the Packers cut him yet? Obviously, he bounced back. Um, but that, that it sounded like, was a Mason Crosby issue way back then. This time, like, given that the Bills specifically cut a very good punter for holding, it would make sense that the practice squad promoted long snapper and the punter cut for holding are probably more responsible than, like, a near Pro Bowl kicker missing like he was 100 percent of field goals last year so like it feel it feels like that's got to be way clearly way more the issue yeah like you can look at the mason kicks and whether it's protection whether it's the operation or whether it's weather um right that's responsible for a lot of his misses so he's definitely a lot less shaky i would say than his stats. I need a sports psychology take uh if if it's the holder and the weather that's the fault does it still hurt a kicker psyche? Can they get the yips from that? Dude, he's such a vet. He was drafted in 2007. I don't think he's getting shaken off of a couple misses. Like, he knows he belongs. I don't know. Dan league. Bailey seemed like he got the yips. I don't know. Well. Dan okay. Bailey was like the third best kicker of all time. I guess that's fair. I don't know. I, I still <laughs> I still believe in Mason. It seems like the team still believes in Mason. So, whatever. I, I guess yet to be seen, but. I'm definitely willing to blame a whole lot more people for uh, the missed field goals than Mason. Oh no, no. I, I do think it's I do think it's uh, I, th- I do think it's the operation. I'm just saying, kickers have fragile psyches, famously. Yeah, but like Mason, Mason was like a third round pick or something. No, he was. A no, he was like round a sixth round. What are you talking about? Oh well, never mind. I would he was know. An if he was a third round pick. My bad. Never mind. I got I got him mixed up. I I, I remembered uh, the the punter that we Brian drafted Anger? from like Ohio State. Uh, oh, okay. Way back. Okay. Way back. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. That's that's nuts. Like CTE setting in. Um, are the so are the Packers like? Is the rest of the special teams like good coverage, good kickoff? Like, what what's the deal there? Because it sounds like the Vikings can actually return kicks now for the first time since uh, Cordero. Uh, will they be able to? Who's handling kickoffs? Is it Bohorquez? Um, I think it's Mason still. Oh, interesting. He still has that um, leg. Yeah, I think it's still Mason. Um, but yeah, I they're a little iffy in coverage every once in a while. But like when Yadam's in there, um, and he just came back, he came off of the COVID reserve at the same time as Rogers. Um, much much less talked about 
I, I think, than Rodgers is a situation. But when he's out there as a punt gunner and stuff, um, he's done a really good job. Uh, him and Malik Taylor, who's on the uh, injury report right now for, an, I believe, an ab- uh, abdomen injury, um, are kind of like their aces uh, in terms of gunning down punts. And they also contribute on uh, on a kickoff. So those are kind of like the key guys there. They do a pretty good job. Like they have a lot of speed. They have a lot of guys who like, frankly, just play special teams like at inside linebacker. Ty Summers, Oren Burks, Isaiah McDuffie, all of those guys are just like crazy athletes who are basically on the roster M- for McDuffie the most part. To sounds play like the, maybe it's because I remember like, what was the, that running back from Rice, Sam McDuffie? But Isaiah McDuffie, that name just sounds like super fast linebacker that only plays special teams. That's what the name screams. And like. he's undersized. Yeah, you nailed Perfect. it. Yep. Uh, are they good at returning stuff? Punt returns, kick returns? Punt returns, no, man. Amari's out there. Kick returns, right. um, right. it's kind of hard to know because Malik Taylor's out there now because Kylan Hill was a returner for a long time, and mm. Kylan Hill just recently got hurt. So I am I literally don't know what to make of the return team when Malik is out there. Um, the fact that Malik is hurt uh, kind of puts a question mark on everything. I, I think Patrick Taylor would be a guy who would possibly get some return snaps um, given the opportunity just based off of kind of his skill set and where he is on the depth chart. Um, but punt returns, I'm very shaky, bud. I'm very shaky. All right. Have we left any takes on the table? I don't. I want to get as much meat off this bone as possible. What takes do you have left? Mm. Dean Lowry, low key, the past month, he's been playing at a Pro Bowl level interior in terms of like pass rushing alone. Uh, to Daryl Slayton has to Daryl Slayton was in a weird spot because the situation that they're in right now, outside linebacker, is kind of what they dealt with against the Chiefs. At, you know, on the interior um, to Daryl Slayton by far uh, outpaced the rest of uh, his games in terms of snaps against the Chiefs kind of had a breakout game. He's a fifth round pick rookie uh, very much is like a uh, high upside nose tackle who can get after the quarterback, but has conditioning issues. Um, yeah, he tested pretty poorly, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, my database is like TJ, I think. Yeah, TJ Slayton. Yeah, it's yeah, they change what they want to call him like every day but cool um he he had a breakout game i would say against the chiefs uh he finally moved up on the depth chart above tyler lancaster so i think this interior defensive line which to at different points in the season has kind of been a liability for them is now getting a lot better and it's interesting that it's coming from clark lowry and slayton and not a guy like kingsley kiki who currently is dealing with an issue uh, he's dealing with a concussion that he had against the Arizona Cardinals, and he had one oh, last wow. season. That dealt, yeah, and he had one last wow. season that held him out a couple of games. Oh, um, that's, but that's he, serious. It's a bummer, and he was a guy who I think, you know, every Packers fan, like if you were like, hey, who do you want to break out this year? I think everyone would have said like Kingsley Kiki just because of how many snaps that kind of position entails um, and the fact that Lowry, Lowry basically had to leave money on the table to stay as a Green Bay Packer. Um, they had to restructure his deal just to keep him. Um, so the so the fact that Lowry, Clark, and Slayton now are kind of coming along all at the same time is nice to see. So I think this interior is a little bit better um, than we see recently. But again, I, th- I think the big thing for the Packers defense is transitioning back to kind of what their defense was uh, early on in the season, like against the Chicago Bears and stuff, where you're seeing more tight ends and stuff because they've been playing against so many spread offenses that that's kind of the mode that they've been in. And the Vikings just play a different kind of offensive ball, you know? Yeah. Uh, when does Darius Smith's guaranteed money run out? Um, they, so it would be this year, but they, they turned his, they converted his salary into a bonus this season. So he's still going to be on the dead cap next season. Basically 
one one of the big reasons I think um, this hasn't been said explicitly uh, that Zadarius basically tried to play week one without practicing the entire summer and then got put on IR for that back injury mm. is they converted his they converted his salary into a bonus, which then put him into a situation where 2022 or 2021 is now a prove it season for a contract in 2022. Yeah. So he tried to force playing healthy, wasn't healthy enough to play even as like a third down only guy and then had to have back surgery in season instead of in the summer because of how they had to use the salary cap mechanics. So Kind of a bummer. He wasn't voted a team captain either. He seemed to take that to heart. Uh, he said Ooh. he was going to commission a chain of the captain patch being made. I don't know if he's actually done that. Um, he has returned to Green Bay, as has Jair Alexander. So there's hopes that they will return at some point this season. But Wait, a guy um, with back surgery might might be DFR? Look, hey, man, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> He, uh, he wants his money, man, and I don't blame him because no, I, I, they I got understand. him on a pretty good deal, and he legitimately played at like a defensive player of the year level, you know, in his tenure. At well, Green that's Bay, that's so. a DPOI take that actually makes sense. Um, he, I mean, he was he was phenomenal. I think what he led the league in pressures, right? So like, crazy good. Yeah, and Penn, he was perfect for Penn's system too because they would just like line him up over a center, and they're like, but is is blow him he up. Uh, going to be useful to have at his contract number next year. No, I think the the way that because they've moved around, they've played so many games with the salary cap. Like, the, I think they're going to have to let Darius walk, honestly, which is why he probably tried to play this year to make money for next year. But yeah, that's a tough one um, for him. All right. At least he got one big contract out of it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy for him because he deserves uh, to get paid. Um just kind of sucks that going through injury. All right. So uh, final, final bits before we get to the score prediction, would you rather have a very Christian quarterback deny the COVID vaccine for Bible related reasons? Or would you rather have, has Roger said he's an atheist? He gives off very atheist vibes. Um, I don't, I don't think so. He said he's seen a UFO. I don't know how all that stuff fits in. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's assume he's agnostic. Uh, he gives very atheist vibes. Uh, or would you rather have an agnostic quarterback refuse the COVID vaccine for critical thinking related reasons? Which one of those quarterbacks would you rather have? And we're taking the lying to the media out of it. Um, I think Kirk's logic makes more sense to me. It's more like, like internally consistent. Yeah, just because like the Rogers thing, like he was like talking about like, hey, go look at India and ivermectin, like do some research on yourself. And like I literally looked it up. India's largest paper was like, Here's why India doesn't use ivermectin anymore. And yeah, it's India, India someone stopped just using ivermectin after a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, someone just copy pasted a bunch of data into a spreadsheet, and then people took it as they a copy and pasted journal. data with typos in it. Like it was, it's yeah. too problem. Yeah. So like that was, I mean, he's like, do your research, and you could do the research and <laughs> yeah, very quickly wow. realize like, wow, this is bullcrap. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, neither one of them really makes sense to me, but that's from my perspective. So okay, I don't know what. That's uh, who is benefiting the most from 5G in their bloodstream on the Packers? Uh, Kurt Benkert. He's on Twitter oh. a lot. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. He I might, can't he might be like the uh, like the 5G power generator. Like he might be the power source. Okay, so Kurt Benkert is like crazy cool. Uh, yeah, good hang gamer. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, Ethan loves him, uh, our mutual friend Ethan. Um, shouts to Twitch. <laughs> shouts to Twitch. 
is it is it possible that Kurt Benkert overtakes Jordan Love? Because that's just a cool no, universe. No, there's no way, dude. There's no way. Yeah, I saw you, his game against Navy. That was bad, dude. You can't you can't draft that quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. Make this whole show about it for this whole offseason. and then I, like, I didn't say next year. I mean, ever. He's on the practice squad right now, dude. Like, so was Kurt Warner. He's dude, they're both he, named Kurt. They were both on a Packers. Are you practice gonna watch squad. the Kurt Warner movie? I feel like I have to, right? Who's playing Kurt Warner? Is it, it's not Dennis Quaid. Who is it? No, some some also like a guy who looks old as the rookie quarterback. Uh, Zachary Taylor, Kurt Warner, <laughs> Wait, uh, American Underdog. Oh, is this funded by Kurt Warner's like production studio? Like it's like a Christian production studio. Big Kurt Warner, yeah. Big Kurt Warner has invaded. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. American Underdog, twenty twenty one, IMDb. Um, Zachary Levi, not Zachary, Zachary Taylor. Levi. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. So they're. Oh my God. Okay. So Dennis Quaid is in the movie, but he's Dick Vermeil. Um, Adam Baldwin of Gamergate fame is, uh, is in the movie. I don't know what that means. And I don't, don't worry. Know do what that do means. not worry about it. Someone named OJ Simpson is in the movie. He's playing a running back. What? That's, that's true. His name is OJ Keith Simpson and he's playing Marshall Falk. Oh, <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> It's, it's not good vibes. It's not good vibes. Um, I, I got an okay uh, production. I'll probably I watch it. I watched I watched that awful uh, draft day draft day movie, which is it like was... easily the worst sports movie. Okay, I'm so good. And there's a I lot think... of bad sports movies, frankly. But that's yeah. The okay, worst so that's one. the thing is like of sports movies, an already bereft genre, an already awful genre. Uh, it is it is down. Oh my god, it's getting released on Christmas. It is down there as as one of the worst sports movies and i put this take out on twitter and so many people respond with i liked it you just don't like it because you know it doesn't even make sense either like it's a it's a bad movie the like narrative arc doesn't make sense like okay yeah okay so that's what i mean yeah so like if you because so many people respond we're just going to make this part of the pot about this so if you um so the most common response i get is you just know too much about how the draft works and that's interfering with your understanding of the movie and it's like if you just accept, but there's the like weird... logical flaws, like very logical flaws, and it's also a bad movie in general. Like in terms of yes. entertainment value, it's not good. The narrative arc makes no sense. There's no like the redemption, like the pacing is awful. Um, you don't get uh, what's uh, the IMDb on draft day? We go. It's, find it's out. that's a good question. Uh, okay, I'm reading about the production company. Yeah, so it is. So the production company for American Underdog, a Kurt Warner story is a Christian films production company. Um, but it is, I thought for some reason, I thought it was Kurt Warner's production company. I thought he like founded one, but no, this is a, a, just a generally Christian production company. Um, so there's one called, I still believe about Christian music artist, Jeremy camp. Uh, there's one called apostles resurrection of Christ. Uh, there's one called Jesus revolution. There's one called the drummer boy. And, uh, that, Oh man! In cooperation with Christian Music Group for King and Country, that 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 feels like a red flag to me. So draft day, box office gross in the United States, less than twenty nine million. This is a movie that had what? Kevin Costner, Jennifer Gardner, what? Dennis Leary, and Diddy. So is this was this Jennifer Garner's last 
like triple A movie or whatever you'd call it, big movie. It, it was that, and then ever since then, it's just been Capital One. It's just been Capital right? One. Oh my gosh, yeah. she was on such an arc after Alias. Holy crap! Yeah. Draft Day killed. That's that's sad. I've seen. That's sad. Draft Day. Uh, the concussion movie killed Will Smith's career. His career's not. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's over. What's the last Will Smith movie you've seen? Well, I mean, I don't go to movies. Ah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Here, let let me talk to you about the Minnesota Vikings because we're going to cross post this onto APC too. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's you're you're now biting into your time because you set yourself fine. a hard limit. Okay, I did. I set myself an hour and a half. I said that's all we're going to do. Um, Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What do you expect out of this offense? Give, give me a rundown. Is, is this still just a like zone boot offense? No, I mean, that's what it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that for the first like six weeks of the season. They ran very little play action. Um, they didn't do explosives. Uh, obviously, they did zone at a higher rate than almost uh, anyone else in the league, but they didn't mix in their non-zone stuff outside of goal line for once, so that's new. Um, so I'm looking up Will Smith movies, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say that your takes are still bad. That's all I'm going to say. Uh- <laughs> no, he's over. He's done. <laughs> Jada I mean, Smith Suicide just Squad. goes on Twitter and she's like, "Yeah, this is when I would have. This is when I thought about leaving Will Smith. It's been a bad run for the boy." Uh, all right, back to the. Uh, I want to talk about this offensive line. Okay, Christian yeah, okay, Darius so is he quick, still soft? First, first six. Okay, whatever. First six uh, weeks of the season, it was a quick strike offense. Uh, get the ball out quickly. Kirk Cousins had the fastest time to throw uh, that he's ever had. I think the third fastest in the NFL at the time. Um, and, uh, and they weren't getting very many explosives. His yards per attempt was down, but he also didn't have turnovers, including fumbles because he wasn't getting sacked. Uh, and, uh, they've gradually been working in a little bit more play action. Um, the problem is their only play action is boot, right? Like that's the only play action that they really do. And, uh, the Packers and the 49ers, uh, in 2019 showed teams how to beat that kind of boot, which was to let them run the ball and just send the end man in line of scrimmage after the naked, um, which is like a fairly simple. The other, the other thing about boots that I think people don't understand is you it's only get a half lot the harder. Yes. Well, the, it well one half of the field. It's also a lot harder to boot to the left and boot to the right. Yeah. So teams have figured out like, like Rashawn Gary lines up as the like left pass rusher. If you're on green Bay's defense, right. Looking at the offense. Um, yeah. So he's on their the left, left pass rushers for Sean. And they'll just tell him like, dude, you're going after the quarterback on stretch away from you. And yeah. It ends up working a whole lot. Like 
this offense has kind of been figured out a little bit in terms of uh, the, the answers being spread around the NFL. Uh, back to Christian Derrissaw, you want to answer the question. He's still soft? Okay, so first of all, I I watched Christian Derrissaw film after the Vikings drafted him, and I like briefly became a Republican for like about a couple of days watching him play. I thought he was so soft. I was like, the kids these days... Uh, aren't tough enough. There were scouts that I knew who were like, dude, I would not take that guy. But some yeah, of I mean, them it, well, thought he was up, a first round pick, like top 20 guy, should have been drafted before Minnesota. There were a lot of split opinions on that guy. It showed up in uh, in McGinn's pieces too, right? They were just like Charmin, Paper Soft. I mean, I don't think they use the word Charmin, but like, you know, the scouts word was baby soft, right? Uh, and it turns out that uh, my understanding is, I don't know this for a fact, my understanding is that uh, most of that shows up in the Miami game, right? Which is the game that everyone wants to watch because he's up against like three draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out the Miami game, he was super hurt and the coaches asked him to let up. That's my understanding. I, this isn't hmm. reporting. It's my understanding. Okay. Uh, if you is watch, your O-line good then? Is what is the O-line good? It's a lot better. But the, the okay. problem area is just a new player now. Darisaw is actually pretty good at finishing right now um he'll like he'll finish people it's it's uh you did see it sometimes especially on his 2019 tape but uh it's it's night and day from some of those games that we saw in 2020 uh the problem is Oli udo who had a, who had a great oh, no. week two and week three great i remember him so he was he was the small schooler right yeah elon yeah so he was the small schooler who wasn't even like all conference that's correct yeah because uh, well, they he, kept they kept him at right tackle right like yeah. uh, uh, a division two, right? Elon's division two, a division two FCS. player. That's I not think it's FCS. Oh, FCS. Okay. I was with the XFL at the time and I got asked about him and I broke him down a little bit. And I was like, wait, why, why am I watching this guy? And I was like, he's not even all conference. Like, what are we talking about guys? And I don't know. I, yeah, I get was, it at certain, certain situations. Like it's just like a height weight thing at offensive line, but well, I was, and he I was ran extremely well for his, for his weight. Is yeah, the other all right, fine, but um, but yeah, I mean, when when an FCS school does not put a draftable prospect at left tackle and keeps him at right tackle, it's a red flag too. And then he doesn't even make. Well, who's the guy from play. Alabama State who played at Titus uh, he, Howard? Yeah, he got drafted by the Texans in the first, first round. round. It, it was yeah. like a panic because well, what was the it? Thing, the the Eagles see... took what's his name, the dude from Wazoo, and then they were like, yeah. "Well, dang, we need a right tackle, so we'll get the guy from Alabama State," and he. He could not play. I, I saw him down at the senior bowl. He well, they, could not play. It was pretty obvious. They were the same senior bowl, right? And I thought that yeah. Udo and Howard were very similar as prospects. And the fact that one went in the sixth round and one went in the first round was like O-line shocking. evals in the draft are so bad. And it's why the Packers keep getting these starters in like the fourth round. It's it's disgusting. Um, Vikings drafted Bradbury in the same draft as McCoy and Jenkins. That's the, that's the other part of it. Um, Jenkins, who is a top five pick at pick a random offensive line position. You don't know which one he's going to play. Um, but no, uh, Udo is awful right now. Uh, he draws a lot of holding penalties when he does, and he's playing a lot like you described um, the other guard, the rookie guard that you you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, head on a swivel, but for all the wrong reasons, right? Like doesn't know where he's looking, keeps on panicking. Uh, a lot of holding penalties as a result of panic. Um, drew, uh, surpassed Connor Williams before Connor Williams then again surpassed him later that day for most penalties in the NFL uh, with the ref crew that called the least amount of penalties up until that point. The NFL so, doesn't like you keeping track of those stats, by the way. 
the NFL oh. doesn't like it at all. I mean, of course, but they're on PFR now. Like those stats are out there. Out yeah, there. but those are on. Yeah, they're on PFR. They they don't like that PFF tracks it. They don't like that SIS tracks it. It's very. The really? NFL is getting real shady Every NFL about how team they tracks it. Look, listen, man. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a referee scandal of them fixing games at some point. In, in like special, t- I'm I'm convinced special teams is just a way for for referees to fix games at this point. How I mean, special teams matters the least amount that it's ever mattered. It's in just NFL. massive field position swings, buddy. You get rid of explosives, all that. You call whatever you want on special teams. <laughs> Look, so it's, the, it's, the perfect, it's the, the perfect crime. All right, so I feel like I have a good handle on the wide receivers in, in Minnesota, and we already talked about the tight end situation. Um, running back, so outside of Dalvin, does Madison give you anything off of the bench? Because I know Wang Wu is kind of like a special teams guy. Yeah. Um, I, Ma- I've seen split things about Madison on Madison uh, is Twitter. a success com. rate guy. He is not an explosives guy. And I don't tend to view success rate guys as all that valuable, but he is a plus success rate guy. Like he's going to get more than the average running back is going to get in terms of successes, but he is not great at generating explosives. He is a surprisingly good pass catcher. Um, If he knew how to pass protect, he'd be a really good pass protector, but he, he gets his assignments wrong a lot. Um, So I don't think you can swap them. I think Dalvin cook gets you explosives, but when Dalvin is injured, um, and, and he's been injured a couple of games this year. I don't think he'll be, um, I think he's fully healed now. So I don't think that's an issue, but there were a couple of games where he was injured. I think that injured Dalvin is only slightly better than Alexander Madison, but Madison is a little bit too patient in making his reads. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't just take the step and go and he's already not an explosive guy. So, um, He'll, he can uh, he can sustain and uh, kind of make people miss in a phone booth and he can power through tackles, but he's not he's not an explosives guy, even though he runs all the same runs as Dalvin. Um, your defensive line. How, how bad is it? Because you have a very like Jesus 2015 names uh, on the defensive line. Michael Pierce, Sheldon Richardson, Dalvin Tomlinson. Oh, Michael Pierce Griffin. is playing. He's on IR now. Oh, is he? Yeah, the thing is, when Michael Pierce was healthy, he was actually a pass rusher for the first time in his life. Hmm. He's good. Like, he's a really good run stuffer, um, but he also added pass rush, which was nuts to me. Um, That's so weird, because Brandon Williams was more of the pass rusher in... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it was so weird. Like, I... That's the reason I didn't like it when they signed Dalvin Tomlinson, because it's like, Dalvin Tomlinson is the three-technique version of Michael Pierce. Just can't rush the passer. Wasn't the pass rusher on his team. Um... But so Michael Pierce isn't playing. Um, so it's Armin Watts, who's a pretty bad run defender, but a pretty plus pass rusher for a nose tackle. Um, Dalvin Is that Tomlinson. the Arkansas kid? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I remember he could get after it. A little yeah, bit. He, I mean, he was a three-tech at Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind minute. of fun. Yeah, I like him. Uh, his stance is weird as hell, though. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson is like a pretty good run defender, pretty good. Uh, you know, he doesn't produce, but he like redirects people, which is weird from the three technique position, but that's what he is. Um, not a great pass rusher. Um, pretty good as like a, a penetrator on a stunt, right? Like he, you can mm-hmm. loop around him. So he's pretty good at that, but he's not good at actually, you know, pressuring. Um, Everson is good again. Like it's wild. Like he's having one of his top three seasons right now. I do like that. They just keep like signing and releasing the guy who said that the your quarterback can't play. Like that's a fun. Narrative. Oh yeah. Not it's cr- and, and <laughs> so we asked him like, Hey, uh, have you apologized to Kirk yet? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to do that today. I'll do that today. 
Uh, I haven't talked to him yet. <laughs> Thank then, you for bringing that up. I've been meaning to do it. Yeah, right, yeah. And so we asked Kirk the next day, like, hey, has Everson talked to you yet? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, we have conversations every now and then. He's like, oh, so he hasn't apologized to you yet. Ah, uh, you know, it's not really about that. Okay, no. <laughs> All right. Kirk is going to be such a good politician afterwards. Oh, uh, he will be a politician. I don't know if he's he hundred. He one hundred percent will be. No, he, he will be. I don't he think will be, be good, good at one. playing politics. He will be good at playing politics. Yeah, there you go. I'm he'll saying. be good at giving political answers for sure. Yes. Um, I I don't think that he has the kind of charisma that makes playing politics useful as a politician. Um, but hey, considering the politics of Holland, Michigan, and considering Kirk Cousins' current stances, it's on the table, right? Um, I don't know what Hall of Michigan means. Uh, uh, that's where Betsy DeVos is from. Oh, okay. Um, Chasserot, my son, my rookie uh, linebacker who's actually a quarterback. He's a Has quarterback. he gotten into the game yet? Uh, you mean besides special teams? Only when both Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr have been hurt, and they didn't know if they wanted it to be Blake Lynch or Nick Vigil or Chasserot. Like, it's it's – yeah. It took a lot. And uh, Chaz is weird because like you could see him play at UNC and he clearly has like all of the traits that you would want mm -hmm. from a linebacker. And there were times where he would light people up, but it was always like smaller backs or like receivers. If you watch, he hesitates in a contact uh, contact, which is if you watch his game against uh, Christian Derrissaw, it is. A, a crazy back and forth. It's only splash plays in terms of blocks, right? There's one where Derisaw blocks him out of the all 22 screen, like 20 yards downfield, right? And on the next play, uh, Surratt shoots the gap, gets it like chops him out and gets into the backfield. Like it's nuts. Yeah, he, he mind you, for the Packers fans listening to this <laughs> who don't know who the hell Chasserot is, he, he was picked in the top 100 linebacker out of UNC. He actually began his uh, college career as the starting quarterback for the Tar Heels. So yeah. a very interesting background. His his brother, uh, what's his Sage. name? Ch- Sage. Yeah, yeah Sage, Sage. Surratt, uh put up a bunch of numbers at Wake Forest as a wide receiver. He was Mr. Basketball at North Car- in the state of North Carolina <laughs> in high school. Just a very weird background for yeah, brothers, he's played, twins. He's played linebacker for brothers. two years, and it shows, by the way. Yeah, he definitely was a guy where it's like, dude, he's got all the traits, but the big minus is toughness, and like that's a pretty important thing at linebacker, especially <laughs> yeah. in the NFL. Well, like, I think the Vikings drafted him knowing that they were going to lose Anthony Barr. Uh, mm. And they were like, let's turn that you face can, mask you green. You can teach a kid to rush the passer, I think is what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, DB-wise, you guys obviously are getting back Harrison Smith. What, what are your corners like? Uh, Patrick Peterson's probably coming back. It looks like he's coming back, and you know, thank God, because he's the only corner that can play. Um, Love to hear that. <laughs> Wait, Bre- Breeling can't play for you guys? Uh, uh, when he's healthy, he's still bad. Oh, he was all right in Green Bay. He was, I, he was I, okay. I liked Breeland coming in. Um, his yeah. highs were very high. Um, his lows. I were see Mackenzie Alexander, and I'm like, lunch. Nah, lunch. Mackenzie's fine. He's like an average. How's Dancer playing? Uh, bad. Okay, so his numbers actually, I think his PFF numbers look pretty good. But he has like benefited from like four receiver drops on his targets, um, and it gives him confidence. And corners need confidence, so I'll give him that. Right. But uh, yeah, okay. So here's the problem: um, the reason that the Vikings can't be a playoff team, even if they win enough games to go to the playoffs, is that if they hit a team with speed, they have zero corners that can handle speed. 
Uh, Dantzler is not it. running the 4-3-8 that he ran at his fake pro day. Um, he put on weight because the Vikings were concerned about him constantly getting hurt, which, by the way, he got hurt again. Um, and he can't put on weight and run. We saw that at the Combine. Um, and so he's he's just slow when he adds weight. Uh, Breland is like a 4-5 kind of guy right now, um, and so he can't hang. Uh, and Patrick Peterson is, is you know, 31 or whatever, right? Right. Um, so, like, honestly, their fastest corner might be Mackenzie Alexander, which is like, Christ, man. <laughs> Woo! Throw screens. Throw screens, LaFleur. Uh, they're pretty good at open field tackles. Okay. I heard that from Seahawks fans, too. I'm, I'm fine with that. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love, love what I'm hearing. Nguyen Wu, uh, he had that, like, weird, like, I'm going to touch the ball in every way on special teams game. Yeah. Is, is that just well, Are you talking about is? in college or in the NFL? Because No, yeah. in the NFL, that one game. Yeah, no, he, I'm he just got, saying like, the quick he did snap. that exact thing in college, too. <laughs> yeah. It, dude, he was so weird. I talked because last uh, last draft season, I was working at Bleacher Report and we were doing like uh, I, I was breaking down basically the front seven players defensively for him. And my buddy, Knight Ties, who worked at uh, AAF and two NFL teams. Um, was breaking down the offensive skill guys. And the guy that we just did not get was Wang Wu because it was like, he he doesn't play offense, bro. And you're drafting him to play offense. He's behind two of the best college running backs in college football at the time they were playing too. Okay, so like that Bryce guy or whatever, Brees, Brees I can't Hall. remember. Brees yeah. Hall. He's going to get drafted behind Wang Wu was though. He's not going to get drafted in the first three well, rounds. Right. Wang Wu when, was a when Brees pick. Hall was playing, when they were playing at the same time, Brees Hall was a second round prospect. He's just gotten in, worse now. in That's theory. All. No, I don't think he's got absolutely. Worse. I just don't think that he, he he's ever been that guy. I don't think he's ever been like an NFL back. Absolutely. Iowa State's weird. They were overrated the whole time. Matt, the uh, Campbell's fall at Iowa State. Uh, love it. They were only love overranked it. because Brock Purdy gets worse every year. That's the only reason they were overranked. They run a fake offense. That uh, R- RPO true. thing. It's true. a cancer running through the Big Ten now with uh with uh PJ Fleck and stuff. He, okay, yeah. Into. Uh, it's just so gross that RPO uh, offense. Fleck seems to have, according to everybody on the timeline, the aesthetically worst offense. So, dude, did you see the Ohio State game to open the season? Yeah, that was funny as hell, dude. They were just like, yeah, six offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're like, yeah, they we're just gonna beat the crap at Ohio game. State. <laughs> yeah, they had that running back, and then he like, yeah, he. He got yeah, Mo Ibrahim was like, that sucked. I wouldn't say he was like a Heisman candidate, but he's like one of those dark horses. Dude, he was going, he was money. going off. Yeah, he was going off for sure. And yeah. then he, he got lost for the season. That sucked. Yeah. Bummer for um, but also like uh, Ohio State hadn't figured out the quarterback situation yet. And so that would have been the perfect. Sure hadn't. And then he, the quarterback played hurt against Oregon. Now Oregon's the number three team in the country. Tell the kids. Solely because of it. <laughs> We're, Oregon's losing this weekend to Utah, by the way. They better because like Oregon is the is the disqualifying member of the C like Oregon is ruining the credibility of the CFP. Uh, more, I, don't, I don't disagree. It more. It's just funny to make fun of uh, Cincinnati fans and people who are like Cincinnati. We've anointed them as the small G5 and we will completely ignore UTSA <laughs> advocates for small schools. OK, UTSA is what, like a five year old program now. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And they're not even playing their best quarterback Cause, either. Because their the first they two draft picks transfer that ever. The first two draft picks ever Davenport? were David Morgan and Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Wild. Roadrunners, meet me. <laughs> That's their right, hashtag. We, they like hashtag it. Yeah. Well, we're going to clip you saying that, though. 
Meep, meep. Uh, meep, meep. Uh, you got any other questions? No, that's pretty much it. You answered. Uh, cornerbacks can't cover anything. Packers by, Packers by two scores. Uh, cornerbacks can cover. They just can't cover deep. That's fine. You know what Aaron Rodgers wants to do? He's going to try to throw chunk plays. I don't know if you realize that. He's a gunslinger. Really? Aaron? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Rodgers? No. Yeah. I don't know about that. He likes to take some shots. He takes more shots against the Vikings than he does other teams, but he still has a lower yards per attempt. Oh, you missed the, you miss the joke. Other teams. You missed the joke. He likes oh, to take some shots. Joke. See, I just, I'm, I'm immune to that. All right. That's an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, See we got to get a score. Get, give me a score prediction. Um, uh, 35, 24. Jesus Christ. That's pretty Points, high baby. game. Yeah. Well, the, the Packers uh, they're both, are run they're their both best like back top now. five pass defenses right now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> th- things get different when you play good quarter. I guess. I mean, the Packers are coming off of a run with against a good bunch of good quarterbacks, but I think they're all going through their own individual stuff. Kyler got banged up a little bit. They had new guys in. Um, are, are there Holmes. any good teams in the NFL right now? <sighs> so Cowboys. Cowboys when if Dak doesn't get hurt for the fourth time right this year I, the Patriots honestly have been coming along um I know they don't have very much team speed offensively but th- they're a pretty unique team I still think that the Rams the Packers the Bucks are up there the thing is the AFC like the AFC I don't believe in any of these teams I think the most you don't well-rounded believe in the Bills team, dude I think the most well-rounded teams are the Browns and the Raiders and I don't even think they're very good the Bills can't run the damn ball that's gonna hurt them they were better at running the ball this year than they were last year. Much okay. better. They weren't good last year either. I'm 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 just saying they've gotten they, better. They play like they play eleven personnel almost exclusively, and their their tight end is essentially a wide receiver. Like I, I don't buy it. I think they're yeah, glass a, a tight end who got like no receptions in college is just a wide receiver. I love it. It's, it's true. Dawson? No, no, you're right. I I, like, I just I think it's he's so ath- funny. He's athletic, but yeah. He got he he's got a like receiver. three targets in college, and they're like, Yeah. You're receiving to, tight end. To be and fair, they, like, they had AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. I can't there was another one too. Who got, yeah, there was another the one. NFL. Um like uh I would I would throw to DK Metcalf and AJ Brown more than Dawson Knox also. Well, he said that at the senior bowl, right? Like we asked him, like, hey, you didn't get any targets. And he's like, Do you see who I was playing with? Are you kidding me? Why would they throw it to me? <laughs> he's like, buddy, they're built <laughs> the the IG models were next to me. Like they, they weren't giving me a chance. They were giving me a chance. All right, cool. Well, we got your score predictions. I called you a Nazi three, four times. So I think it was a good pod. Yeah, solid. Cool. Trick. All right. This has been uh, Packers owner Justin Muscato. We got an exclusive interview with a member of the wealth ownership class uh, that does not produce uh, value, but produces wealth. Um, So glad to have you on, Justice. Um, Happy to see that you're going to be at the next shareholders meeting, uh, suppressing wages. Uh, You can find his work over at Acme Packing Company where he occasionally writes. Uh, In the future, he will probably be ruining another football league. (laughs) At Jumas, J-U-M-O-S-Q. Anything else you want to plug? Look, man, we had it figured out in the XFL. We didn't ruin it. The pandemic hit. I I take offense. We're building something, Arif. What what is the likelihood that the XFL could have caused a pandemic? Um... Wow, your silence speaks volumes. All right, anything many, else you want to plug, Justice? 
Well, I want to answer the question first. Let me answer the question. Jeez, the media. Am I right? <laughs> um, it depends how many games we would have let Mark Trustman coach. <laughs> uh, no, that's all I wanted to plug. Thanks, right. Arif. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks, Justice. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.